the City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hello, everyone. This is Russell Cox. I'm the editor of the Municipal Association of South Carolina's Uptown Publication and Digital Production Manager. I'm here today with Crystal Daly. Crystal, you are the Information Technology Manager for the association. Could you could you tell us what that role involves? Well, it's a very big role, as everyone out there should know, as far as fighting you know, security risk on your network and infrastructure. So my, my day-to-day is mostly um, around infrastructure. I do have a, a co-worker who takes care of um, every day-to-day software issues. But as far as the manager, I make sure that we're secure. The infrastructure is up-to-date from any um, hacking attacks or anything like that. Just making sure hardware is up-to-date, software is up-to-date. We're going to talk today about cybersecurity, uh, which is a concern for cities and towns that has only been becoming more pressing over time. And it's going to be a big part of the 15-minute tech talks that are interspersed throughout the schedule at the annual meeting in Greenville in July. So, Crystal, you are the expert here. I'm just a person who changes my password every time the system tells me to. What are What could you tell us today about cybersecurity? Cybersecurity, of course, it is about changing your password. That's one of the most important things you can do because that's our weakest link as far as changing passwords and clicking on links and attachments and emails. Mm-hmm. That is like one of the number one ways of affecting your network um, and your infrastructure. Mm-hmm. It's the weakest link is your users. And it's not that we um, are picking on our users. We, we love our users, but they <laughs> have to help us out because we put all the infrastructure at place, mm-hmm. in place and all these layers for this protection, but if if the user doesn't stop and think before they start clicking on things or entering their password in links and emails that they receive that are not you know they're they're not legitimate, then you're you're going to get be infected, um, mm-hmm. and no one wants to cause that issue because it's a huge undertaking and it's very costly to to take back what what you've lost in the hacking process, especially if they've um, encrypted all of your data and then they've password protected it or put a key against it, and then you've got to pay this Bitcoin ransom to go in to get your data back. So so it's a huge, huge issue, and it's only getting worse. So, you know, just making sure that you have trained your users, train your staff, have your policies in place, and maybe do emergency uh, business continuity planning, annual disaster recovery planning, things of that sort. But just make sure you're educating and training your users. I have I have the advantage of having heard you talk about this before, and it's it it can be very scary. To circle back around to what you said about ransoms and Bitcoin, mm-hmm. could uh, could you explain how that process works? I know that they use Bitcoin because it's untraceable. Correct. Okay. Correct. It's untraceable. That's the problem, and that's why the thieves have not been caught as of yet because those Bitcoins are untraceable. So. What they do is these hackers come in, they find a way into your network, and then they go in and they um, encrypt all of your files. And then at that point, they they contact you back or someone at, at your association and they let you know that 
you know, all of a sudden you can't get into your files. You're able to do this and get the encryption key to go in if you pay them in this Bitcoin amount that they request. If not, you've actually lost that data forever. Mm-hmm. The other thing you could you could do, and most companies hopefully are doing, is you do backups. You have your backups of your data. So a lot of companies would be able to go back and, and restore from these backups and continue working. The sad fact about that, though, it still costs you time. Um, and resources to get back up and running. And then those companies that do not perform their their nightly backups, then they have nothing to turn to. And you always want to make sure that your backups are off-site or on a different area or in a different area than where your your files are located because, again, you can have those backup files encrypted and then there's nothing else for you to turn to. So you mentioned that email is a huge danger point of clicking the links. And another great thing you you guys in IT do for us at the association is when some of these incoming phishing attempts, you show them to us to say, hey, here are some things to look out for. Can you talk a little bit about emails that should be sending up red flags in the in the minds of the user? Absolutely. We we stay on that topic a lot and, and talk to our users about that because the criminals are getting so crafty they are able to get information from your websites and from your Facebook pages and LinkedIn and put this information together and then come up with this great email that looks so realistic. And the next thing you know, you have fallen for it. And so you do want to look at these emails and make sure that you know the person that it's been, it's, it's been sent from. The email address looks legitimate. You look for these these links in the email that might be going to a website, but it's a fake website. Mm-hmm. There's always this urgency in the email that there's some kind of action required. So that puts you in a panic state. So you feel like you've got to click, 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 or you've got to respond immediately. Um, it asks for personal information, login credentials, which again, you never want to enter into an, an email or a link. They're very poorly written as well, these these emails. Um, a lot of them don't address you by name. They'll say, dear sir, dear madam. And then there's usually an attachment or a link always. And the attachment usually carries a virus. So those are just some of the ways to, to be careful as far as looking at for these incoming incoming emails. And in some instances, they're moving away from email and there's other vectors for attack. That's the part I don't remember as much about. Could you? Some of it, some of that, what you're saying is, is away from emails will be social, more social engineering as far as they, they pick up um, the telephone and start calling your staff. Mm-hmm. So they will call the staff and identify themselves as maybe even a vendor, an IT vendor that's supporting your company, but mm-hmm. they really are not. And then at that point, they're saying, we need access to your computer to fix an issue, fix a problem. Can you allow me into your computer or give me your login credentials? And then all of a sudden, they're into your system. So there's the, the telephone, the social aspect of that as far as calling someone up. Then you've got your emails, and then you also have the risk on your cell phones these days with text messages that come in wanting you to click on those links, and they can do the same thing because they are going to be asking you to be redirected to another website or link that you think is legitimate, and then all of a sudden you're in your credentials and they have them. Mm-hmm. So there's there's lots of ways that these thieves can get this in, get into your system or get this information. I saw the text message route for the first time recently where it, they were claiming to be from my bank. They actually correctly identified the bank and like, hey, there was there was suspicious activity. Pretty sure my bank would not be texting me. <laughs> exactly. They, they would not and neither would other vendors as, as far as 
even your um, cell phone provider, you mm-hmm. know, they don't they they would not be sending you texts like that asking for your credentials or your information. It's it's just again they're getting smarter and finding different ways to to get into the systems and trick trick the staff and and trick other folks and in, in trying to give up this information. Mm-hmm. We mentioned that uh, cybersecurity is going to be a big issue for the tech talks at the annual meeting. Um, I do want to mention not all of the sessions in those 15-minute tech talks are going to be directly connected to cybersecurity. I wrote down some of the ones that aren't. We have scheduled one session on building a city or town website that is compliant with the Americans with Disabilities Act. There's one on archiving text messages so as to comply with the South Carolina Freedom of Information Act, and others on creating social media policies, data visualization, and business license applications. So anyone who's interested can find all of the annual meeting information on our website. That's www.masc.sc. So that is all from me. Crystal, is there anything else you might like to add? Well, I just wanted to to say that the cybersecurity is not any longer just an IT problem. It's an organizational problem. You need to make sure you're managing that cyber risk and you have your best practices in place. Some of the things that I would like folks to know if they don't already have it in place that they should be should be doing is make sure you've got your policies in place. Mm-hmm. You're training your your staff, your users. You have an emergency response plans. If some can, I know it's expensive, but do your security risk assessments. Do your audits on an annual basis. Mm-hmm. Make sure you have your backups offsite. Make sure your servers, your workstations, everything is patched up with all the security patches. You should have a firewall in place. Make sure you've got antivirus in place. Your in, internet security is in place and tightened down. You have anti-spam appliances in place. You you know, a lot of folks, they purchase a SIM, which is, um, you know, you're monitoring for network traffic and anything trying to to come in onto your network. And and one of the best things you can have, too, is cyber insurance. So just, just some of these things that you need to think about, make sure you have in place. I know no matter what you do and anything that you have that you can put in place, it still won't 100% stop you from being hacked, but it's it's the best way to go if you can afford it. I know some of these things can be expensive. When you mentioned the audits, what exactly all goes into that? The security audits, we've been doing those on an annual basis for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And basically, we hire a vendor to come in and they connect a device to our network and they just see our weakest links. Like, do we have things that haven't been patched, things that need to be upgraded, just holes in our infrastructure network where a hacker would have an easy way into it. So Mm -hmm. then we turn around and take these these items in the report that need to be remediated and then we go in and we we fix these and, and close these holes and then wait for the for the audit for the next year. So they just show you where on your network you could be vulnerable mm-hmm. mostly. Okay. Well Crystal, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> and everyone who's listening, thank you for listening in. We hope to see you next time. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.